0: Following is an encore episode of the Biz Tools Podcast. Any email addresses, web URLs, or other time specific information may no longer apply. Please visit DavidAspec.com for more information. Thanks for listening. Biz Tools Podcast, Episode 30.
1: Welcome to the Biz Tools Podcast, practical advice for today's busy business leader. And now, your hosts, David Speck and Jerry Fentress. Welcome to the Biz Tools Podcast. I'm Jerry Fentress.
0: And I'm David Speck. And I'm Sean Green. Ah, Sean
1: is the new publisher of The Biz, and we welcome him to the uh, studio. Hey, everybody. Palatial studio. studio. It is.
2: Yeah, I feel overwhelmed being in here right now. Awesome. And we
1: are your hosts for this episode of The Biz Tools Podcast. David, as usual, safely guards the topic of discussion (laughs) that's going to be in the podcast. So today, David, what's the subject?
0: Okay, well, this subject is something that you and I may struggle with, you know the nice thing about the Biz Tools podcast is we don't have to be experts on everything, but it is something that that is very important to, to businesses. And it, it, the statement was made at by Dave Ramsey that, and it really kind of opened my eyes. It says you do not have to destroy your competition to win. And our guest in the studio, or maybe our our is it a co-host or a tri-host in the studio, uh, brought that to light and said, you know, he's right. You don't have to, and. I said yeah but I hate radio and I hate TV and and Jerry's like I hate print and so but but it's true and so so Sean is going to help guide us down the primrose path if you will of you don't have to destroy the competition to win
2: it's uh, it's something that I struggle with too don't don't get me wrong it's I'm very competitive and I like to win and I want to win but there's a difference between winning and there's a difference between absolutely Destroying other people in the process. Yes, you don't need to leave a, a litany of carcasses behind you when you make your your victory or your or win the day or whatever it may be. And that's kind of you know. And I mean, I think we were both hit by that when we heard Dave Ramsey say that.
0: It, it's just it. We, that's not the environment we were raised in no. as entrepreneurs, especially. You know, when I was growing up in the in the newspaper business, we we were taught to literally hate the other media. We were taught to, um, you know, nothing was better than newspaper. You couldn't even come close to it. We had all these numbers to back us up, and that if anybody did any business with another medium, they were fools. And I would say that you have you were kind of brought up the same way, weren't you, Jerry, mm-hmm. with regard to radio?
1: Yes, I remember vividly uh, an owner of the radio station that I worked for was saying either you're for us or you're against us. And if you're against us, we're going to take this rock and crush you (laughs) literally. That's what he said. And he was made my eyes get really wide and what, Oh, I'm either with you or against you and I don't be against you.
0: And, and in the, I guess it was the mid nineties, there was this concept that came out in advertising and it just, it just made me shudder. And it was called the media mix. You need to have a mix of media. And I was like, no, you don't. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, and, and 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 what was it? It was driven by agencies. You know, the adver- advertising agencies started popping up everywhere. And they said, yeah, we're going to put some of the money in TV, some of the money in radio, some of the money in print. And you're like, no, no, you're 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 messing it up. And, and, you know, because we were bred. We were bred to, to, to hate our competition. I, I remember the local radio station came up for sale. And my dad was, was given the offer to, to buy it because we were the other, you know, media in town. And we actually we were thinking about it. We're looking at the numbers. And then all of a sudden, he calls this meeting with us. And he says, we're not going to do the deal. And I was like, well, why not? And he said, I have lived my entire life selling against radio why would i buy something i don't believe in and that just that just spoke volumes to me that wait a minute you know if 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 radio was so horrible why has radio survived so long you know that to to completely discount it and to sell against it or undercut it or it it just it just didn't make any sense and all of a sudden i started thinking well this isn't necessarily right this isn't necessarily the way things are supposed to be, you know when you know there's a difference between having a winner and a loser and having a winner and a destroyed loser um and you know and in any marketplace, it's not us or them; it can be us and them. We're winning and they're in second place or they're in third place or they're in fourth place. It doesn't have to be we're the only game in town, and that's the way it should be. And any business, it should be that way. You know, whether you sell tires, you don't have to be the only tire store in town to be successful. There can be other tire stores, and you all do equally well. But at the same time, yes, when you're, when you're selling your benefits to somebody, sure, you want to just differentiate yourself from the competition, but you don't want to just completely destroy and undercut them. And I think a lot of businesses, especially in the 80s and 90s, tried to destroy the people that were in competition with them.
1: And I bet right now, today, the person listening to this podcast is saying, David, you're wrong. I I want to be the only tire dealer in town because I will get it all.
0: No, you won't. They'll go out of town. That's the thing. They'll go online. Mark, markets are so much bigger now than they've ever been, or should I say smaller. The world has become such a smaller place that you can get anything literally from anywhere with very little difficulty. And so... If you destroy what's left of your ta- in your town, you destroy your town. Look at Walmart. And I know I pick on Walmart all the time. Sorry, guys. I love Bentonville, Arkansas. But when they come into a town, they end up shutting down a lot of the mom and pop dry, dry goods stores, menswear, womenswear, et cetera. Now there's no place to buy that stuff what do people do? Do they simply go to Walmart to buy those clothes? No. They get in their cars and they go to the next major city where those things are available at the mall or at the outlet center or whatever. You didn't, Walmart didn't win and capture all of that business. They've simply made it harder for those people to do other things. How many people would shop completely in their own hometown if there were more choices, including the Walmart? But they didn't the the walmart sucked up all of the retail to where these people are now forced to go out of town or forced to go online or forced to go through catalogs and they do you walmart didn't win walmart merely sent that money
2: out of town and one thing that's important that i think a lot of people forget when it comes to their competition is they can push you they can push you to be better yes i mean if you're at the top and you're always at the top eventually you become stagnant and that's that's a death nail one way or another and so if you don't have somebody there pushing you to be better you're you know you're going to lose out some way or another
0: people will go somewhere else because they'll get tired of the same thing what's one of my favorite phrases if you're the only hot dog stand in town the hot dogs don't have to be that good the problem is now you can buy hot dogs on amazon exactly Your hot dogs do still have to be that good and other hot dog stands help you do better at making hot dogs because you know that people have a local choice to go to
2: and that's something that we'll come back to here in a minute um let's let's talk about one of a big i mean it it all comes down basically to this theme which is respect Mm -hmm. you have to respect your competition you know you 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 want to treat your your competition your rival whatever just like you would anybody else if they walked in that door you want to treat them as a customer or a client You want to be nice, you want to be friendly, but you always know that they're your competition. Don't misconstrue competitiveness for disrespect. Yes. You can be competitive with that person,
0: but you don't have to be disrespectful about it. Contrary to popular belief in the media, companies are not open every day to screw people over. They're open by individuals who have a noble goal of serving their communities and making money. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with making money. So your competition was probably started with the noblest of intentions. They're not evil. They're not, you know, straight out of the pit of hell or something. Generally speaking, they're, they're, they're people just like you who had a dream or a passion or something that drove them to start this business or to get into this business. So, you know, they deserve as much respect as you're demanding out of them And what they're trying to do, you know, if you're a furniture store, you know, whether you're you're, whether you're the local mom and pop furniture store or whether you're the franchisee of a national furniture store, you still went into it going, look, I want to provide a place for people to go and furnish their homes. And I want to do it at at a at a at a reasonable price, provide good service or great service and do a good job. They both have the same goal, but somebody's got to be number one and somebody's got to be number two. But it doesn't. You, you don't, you know, number two doesn't have to be utterly destroyed for, for somebody to be number one.
1: And a lot of clients, well, I think all clients, they don't like that. No. They don't like that approach. I, after I got out of the radio business and had the opportunity to speak my, with clients that I used to call on, I, I discovered that they, they wanted to take the time and say, I appreciate the fact you didn't say something bad about the other guy. And but the other guys are always talking bad about the things you did, mm-hmm. not meaning me personally, but the my my stations, which were fortunately for me, highly rated, did very well in the marketplace. And it got to the point I had to develop. A way to compete with that, if you will, have an answer for that when someone says, uh I heard the other day that your your station is for sale or has been sold and it's going to change formats and or something like that." And I say, "No, that's not not true." And it's, uh, I'm sorry, I apologize to you for the other guys, but I'm sorry that they had to t- the only thing they have to say is something negative about me rather mm-hmm. than something positive. About them, Very and the client is just going, "Yeah, you're right." And I always felt like that I was repositioning the competition. That if they wanted to take this approach, I wanted to put them in in the position of being the guy that spreads negative or false uh, things going on in the marketplace, and this hurt them. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to be gained about putting down the other guy or saying something really bad about the other guy or hoping he goes out of business or whatever it might, that you might want. That's, I've seen too many people in businesses all around our marketplace. And I think one day we were talking about who these people were and they, their approach was, and that they wanted to, I wanna win for me and you lose. I win, you lose. That's what the the approach was. Uh, Covey says, he said in his book and we talked about that a lot mm-hmm. think win-win think they win and i win that you want that for the client you want that for the competition you want that we're going to win we're going to have a good time here we're going to uh, enjoy what we do we can compete uh but i hope that we both win right. in this operation uh it, it was those people that i just referred to as i think back about them all it all came back around to them, mm-hmm. The things they said, things they did ultimately came back around and into the lap of their business.
0: Yeah. Um, and one of the caveats when you're out there, and, and, and I know we're talking business as a whole, but a lot of people in the sales business, you know, you, your, your product is up against somebody else's product or your service is up against somebody else's service please do not take the side of the client when they start badmouthing your competition that's real easy to do but it puts you on the on the same level as those people that are badmouthing you you know don't agree with them just say well you know i don't know what they do but here's what we do that, that that's usually what i tell my folks to say hey what you know when, when i go in there and they start badmouthing the other newspaper or whatever they say they hate them because they're this or because they're that to say you know hey I, I'm not in their office. I don't know why they do what they do or how they do what they do, but let me tell you what we do and why we do it. And that really kind of sets sets the framework for you to talk about your positives instead of your competition's negatives. And it's always better to talk about your positives. You know, that, let, let's get back to benefits. We've we've used the example it's all of the, the drill client. bit. Yeah. It's all for the client. Yeah, you know, the let, let's use the example of the drill bit. You know, when you're buying a drill bit, you're not you're you're not buying a bit, you're buying a hole. You need a hole so you get a drill bit to get the hole. Now do I need a do I need a steel drill bit? Do I need a titanium drill bit? Do I you know, these are all competitors in the same field and the what you say is well let, what kind of hole do you need? Is it going to be in wood? Is it going to be in metal? And so you can say, well, my drill bit will get through this and, and my drill bit will get through that. Well, you know, I don't like that other drill bit. It breaks all the time. Well, I don't know what they do, but my drill bit can, can bore through what you need. And therefore, you know, I, I would encourage you to purchase my drill bit. That's really what it's all about is is showcasing your positives and letting the chips fall where they may on how they feel about your competition.
2: Well, not only that, but I think in the cases where, let's say, follow this analogy, your drill bit can't get the job done. You say, well, I'm sorry, you know, I'd really like your business, but it it can't do it. However, so-and-so's drill bit can, so why don't you check them out? And
0: that will blow them away. I, I, I have suggested other media, other print publications, radio. I've suggested other things in the consulting process because I knew what I had wouldn't meet that need. And you would just, you know, you get these saucer eyes from the from the client and they're like are you kidding me are you, are you because the,
1: they're, they're surprised you're supporting what they need
0: yes. what th- will work for them I, I had an instance where I refused advertising from a car dealers association they were mad at the the, the the competitive newspaper because they had printed something in there and I'm a firm believer of don't let your mad get your money but the but these dealers were were, were really upset and so they wanted to come to my publication that didn't have as much reach as that other publication. And so I'm sitting in the, in the office of this agency that's going to do all of this business with me, but I knew it would just be short-term, and eventually I would get blamed for the lack of reach. So I, I looked at me and I said, you know, I'm not one to turn down business, but if you run exclusively with me, you're going to get fired by your clients because they're in the business of selling cars, not exercising political view they're the business of selling cars and by doing their ad in that publication whether they agree with it or not they're going to eventually sell more cars than doing it exclusively through me and you know, the, you know i like using farming analogies but the, the, the guy looked at looked at me like a cow looking at a new gate he's just turning his head going seriously this is what you're telling me and i and i, and I graciously exited because i knew that you know they were just mad And while I may have reaped a reward early on, when they didn't get the results that they were getting with this this metropolitan publication, I was going to get the blame that I I wasn't good enough. Well, I already knew I wasn't good enough. I could help them reach this segment of the market, but I couldn't help them reach this broad brush that they needed. And it just really blew him away. And, And I believe that we earned a lot of respect by turning down the business which far outweighed the amount of revenue we would have generated in the short term by accepting it.
2: So, you know, looking at the next lesson would be that you have to keep in mind when you're dealing with your competition, that these are people too. Mm -hmm. They have families that depend on them. So why do you want to crush them? Why do you want to drive them out of business? You know, I I think it's easy because we're so competitive. We live in a very competitive society to be that way. But, to me, an overly aggressive attitude says more about you than it does them. Mm-hmm. If you want to crush them so bad, it's almost like you have an inadequacy on you to prove something that doesn't need to be proved. It's almost like, like we were just talking about with bad-mouthing. Getting out and bad-mouthing your competition reflects more
0: on you than it does them. Yes. And many of us, you know, the, the comp- our competitive nature we, we've been programmed to say if there's a winner, there has to be a loser. And like Jerry said, there can, be a, there can be levels of winners. And the more winners you have in your community, the more successful whatever's you have in your community, the better your community is. Um, you know, let's go back to the tire store. You know, there's a lot of cars in our local market. And if there's a lot of successful tire stores, that means that we are serving a lot of people. And what if our tire stores are so great that we start attracting people from outside of the market because they're like, look, if you need tires, you need to go to shreveport Bozier because they got more tire dealerships. They've got more options than anyone. I, I was looking for a car recently, a used car, a cheap used car. And I ended up in a town that literally had two miles stretch of nothing but used car dealerships. Well, they're all in competition with one another, but at the same time, the fact that they're all together produces a market in of itself for sales and i went to one of them and i said this is what i'm looking for and he and and, and it blew me away because it was a car dealership but he said no i don't have anything in your range but if you will go to this one this one this one and this one they kind of sell those kind of cars i was like seriously and he's like yeah so they knew in this stretch of, of used dealerships that they relied on each other that people came there for the variety and for the for the choices and that they all benefited from the success of each each one.
2: I think you, when you have that that ability to to cooperate like that, you know, I want I want to point out that the pie can only be sliced so much. Mm-hmm. We and I think we know that. And at a certain point, you just have to let the chips fall where they may. You know, don't don't actively drive people out of business, but. If you have 20 tire stores in a town of 20,000 people, a lot of those tire stores are going to close. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just capitalism to me. You know, if those tire stores can't figure out a way to capture some sort of niche, maybe they sell used tires instead of new tires, or they were just repair tires. They don't actually sell tires. You, Unless they can figure out a way to make money at it, then that's on them, but you don't have to go out of your way to to drive them out of business. Yes. Uh, one of the, the last things I want to talk about um, is that when you have competition we talked about this at the beginning um, your your competition can spring up from nowhere and if you are disrespectful to newcomers um, cl- even clients and uh, you know you'll have to edit this out uh, clients and give me the word customers Yes. Clients and customers. If you, if you, if you, if you have clients and customers and you're disrespectful to them, then you can, it can come back and bite you. It can haunt you really. And, uh, there's a great story that I heard a while back about this that illustrates this point. Um, you know, I don't know, there's maybe somebody listening out there that knows the story, but how did Lamborghini come into existence? They're they're very similar to another high, uh, main, you know high uh, end, sports car company, that is Ferrari, and so how did, how did, how can two Italian, uh, luxury sports car companies exist like that? Well, it turns out that, Lamborghini, was actually started as a tractor company, and in the 60s, you know the the owner of uh, of Lamborghini Ferruccio. Had a tractor business and it was booming. So, what's the first thing you do when you have a, bu- a booming business? You're making money. You want to go get a nice car. So he had his heart set on a Ferrari. He buys the Ferrari. He gets it and he's disappointed with it. He thinks it's not quite up to what it should be. So he actually gets in front of Enzo Ferrari and says, "I have, you know, I, re- I loved your car, but I have some suggestions that I want to make." So this is a customer going to a business. Ferrari reportedly said he didn't need tractor he didn't need advice excuse me from a tractor owner he was very disrespectful to a, to a customer so Fruccio just says okay fine then I'll build my own performance car company and I'll show you what you're missing out on and he created through one interaction competition you know if so you have to keep in mind you know one thing that I I would think and if I were in his shoes were if somebody did that are you gonna listen are you gonna have the type of reaction that Ferrari did? Or are you gonna hire them? Because if they have the gumption to come in front of you and give you that, that speaks a lot about them. But case, I mean, the whole point of this story is that, you know, the moral, if you will, is that you can't d- be disrespectful to anybody in business really, because you never know where your competition is gonna come from.
0: Jerry, you have a saying in the sales world that says, today's salesperson may to be tomorrow's customer. And you, you could almost modify that mm-hmm. to say today's customer may be tomorrow's competition.
1: You never know. You and never know. And it's a small world. And uh, the things you say, especially hurtful things, uh, in order to get a buck will be remembered
0: I remember I remember, I remember a, a situation very similar. It wasn't a customer. But uh, we had someone apply for a graphic designer position at, our, at one of our newspapers. And because we didn't have a position for them, you know, there was really nothing we could do. But the way the, the um, management handled it, they were very dismissive to this person, basically saying, we don't want you here. We don't need you here. Go away. Well, she went away and started a rival publication. That rival publication is still publishing today, and it's been probably 15 years. You never know how you treat somebody how it's going to come back to bite you. Um, Always treat people with respect. Always treat them as if they're, you know, some of them, you know, they're just doing their job, people. They're just doing their job. But when you treat them with disrespect or you, like you say, uh, dismiss them, then they can become competition. And they're competition with a cause. They're not merely just trying to do the same thing that you're doing. All of a sudden, they become that competitor that we're trying to avoid being. They want you to lose. They want to win and make you lose. And that's a very dangerous competitor to have.
2: And I saw that in my old job. I had an employee who, who felt he got dismissed improperly or was lied to. And he starts his own company because now he's unemployed and he has all this experience and contacts. And he reaches out to all these people and starts his own company with the sole intention of beating the company that he worked for at their own game and getting enough capital to where he could buy them out and close them. And those, those people exist. Yes. So, I mean, I think, you know, we, we talk about just being nice to competition. I think what it really comes down to is you just have to be nice and respectful and be aware with no matter who you're dealing with. That's yeah. really what it comes down to yes. employees, past employees, customers, clients, vendors, everybody, just have that in your mission and part of your business. And I think you won't have to deal with any of the fallout that comes with being rude and
0: dismissive. You have competition for a reason. Sometimes the reason is positive. The market can handle more of what you do. Sometimes the reason is negative, that you tick somebody off or They see it as fresh pickings. You know, a national company decides they want to come in and run the local companies out of business. How you handle that will determine your success in the long term, because there will be competition no matter what you do. But how you handle that will determine your success. We have competition spring up all the time in our business. We're in, print, we're in print media for crying out loud. I mean, it's not that hard anymore to go find a, somebody to print you and you, next thing you know you have a magazine or a newspaper or whatever. But guess what? We've outlived the majority of them because we've refused to engage in the mud slinging, down down-in-the-dirt way that a lot of people tend to operate. And people see through that. And, you know, when you have long-term success – you will see more people trusting you with their money, trusting you with their, we're, we're now moving into a whole new realm of consulting and such, but had we not done business right for the last 15, 20, 30, 50 years, we couldn't consult Jack Squat because we wouldn't have earned trust in the marketplace. It's building that trust over the long term. You always have to operate with the end in mind how is this going to be 15, 20 years from now? Because months come and go, and some months you're going to do great, and some months you're not going to do worth a flip. But if you can keep your sights set on what the end looks like or what the, the, the long-term future looks like, you won't engage in, in in this this negativity or this this mudslinging at the compet- competition level. You will say, look, we're above that. We we, we have a, a, a goal that we're trying to reach for, and it really doesn't matter what they do. It's not going to distract us from the goal we have.
1: Well this has become very serious. Everybody's got real quiet moving closer and closer to the microphones and for the, those of you listening in the uh, uh, thousands of you that are listening on our podcast uh, I think uh, can grab a, a, a really good reason for listening to this and and thinking about how am I running my business? What am I telling my salespeople are you telling them to go out there and, and kill the competition, or are you telling them to go out and re- uh, praise what we do and show people how it is uh, positive to do business with us? And in my years of being in business, all of this is is being recorded ever since for 20 years. Uh, maybe it wasn't on, a, on, uh, on the nice equipment that we have here in the, the biz studio, uh, but it always got out. People mm-hmm. always heard about what I had to say or anybody had to say, uh, even from your own employees yes. are, are spinning that out. And then your employees are thinking about, what are you saying about me? If you're at this kind of person about the competition, what are you saying behind my back? And, and, and the image is not what you want, I don't think. You don't want to grow your business that way. And that now I'm talking about myself and you guys. You don't want to have them say that about you. You want them to have those little guys are always on fair about everything. They're always honest and true about what they're doing, and they never say anything bad about about the competition.
0: You know, Dave Ramsey in his book Entree Leadership refers to Susie Orman, who's basically his main competition in the financial um, financial counseling realm nationally, and he says, you know. We're always going toe-to-toe. There's some things that I love about her. There's some things that I completely disagree with her. But I'm not going to trash her in order to make me look better. Because that's not who I am, and that's not going to be successful for me. There's enough people out there, and, and he says, we both have a heart for helping people. We just have different ways of going about it. And I think that's what it gets back to. Do you have a heart for helping people? If you do, it's going to shine beyond whatever your competition says about you, whatever your whatever temptations you have to trash your competition. If you have a heart for helping people in whatever you do, let's go back to tires. Let's go back to drill bits. You're really, if you're selling drill bits, you're wanting to help people make holes. If you're selling tires, you're wanting to help people be safe on the roads. You can have that heart, and it, guess what? You won't be... As tempted to trash your competition,
1: and I'll want to come back. Yes, and you if treat you, me that way. I want to come back.
2: If you keep it in your in your mission, like I said, if you're very positive about dealing with people, and it's in your mission statement and you're in your core beliefs, then that'll guide you through everything.
1: Okay, that's going to do it today for this episode of the Biz Tools Podcast. A very thoughtful one for all of us. We hope you have found the information today useful in your business. If you have any questions at all, please post them in the comments section of the show notes. We'll do our best, or will David will do his best to answer them.
0: The show notes for this and all of our episodes are available at BizToolspodcast.com. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. How do you spell biz? B-I-Z.
1: Good. We'd love for you to rate our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher so that more people will know about it. We would really appreciate your feedback. So, until next time...
0: Remember, applied knowledge is power. Be the leader you were always meant to be.
1: So long, everybody.